Hey, welcome to another episode of Something in the Water podcast. Streaming out of Waycross, Georgia, brought to you by Caution Light Media. And I'm Sean Clark, and this is Uncle Dave Griffin. He can talk to you, I guess. Hey, folks. <laughs> Glad to have you all again. Uh, our uh, esteemed and honored guest this week is Mr. Josh Kirkland. Or as uh, Sean uh, calls him. As of when he walked in. As of today. Yeah, as of when I walked in the door, crawling King Kirkland. So you you were already calling him King Kirkland or Old old King Kirkland. Uh, uh, Yeah. fact, I just. (laughs) The reason uh, we're so hip on these nicknames for, for Josh is that he is, without a mistake, the finest blues guitar player in the southeast and uh possibly the world he's, he's, he's right here from white cross georgia some, i think he can give him a run for the money it. for sure and uh so we heavy with the nicknames like old king kirkland yeah i don't and, have no nickname they just call me sean yeah. i say hey sean get out of the way <laughs> trying to work but uh we were uh well, let's see. A couple of uh, episodes ago, we had uh, Jason Lee as our guest. Oh yeah, yeah, and he was I didn't know. he was speaking highly about you, and uh, huh. uh, he told a story uh, that I had heard, and that uh, in in your early days, you would uh, when you were learning to play, you would uh, take a stack of CDs, and he said CDs and magazines, CDs. <laughs> guitar magazines. Yeah, CDs. Dirty magazines. There were no CDs when I started playing. Records. Oh, okay. It well, was cassette tapes, bro. Oh, cassette yeah. tapes. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, and you would take this shitload of music, into your bedroom about the time everybody else was going to bed and you'd stay up all night listening to uh, every song on these cassettes front and back and uh, I guess pretty much learning that material till you had it down is that about how you did it? Pretty much yeah it was was cassette tapes for sure yeah and just Keep rewinding, and listening. Yeah. Jason Lee said that, huh? Yes. So yeah, you know I grew up across the street from him. Oh yeah, you grew up. We grew up across the street. That was his story too. Yeah. 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 That's right. He was best friends with my little brother. Yeah. 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 They were the same (laughs) age. Yeah, and uh, your daddy, I guess he was fairly responsible for pushing you in a direction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your daddy was uh, in a lot of uh, uh, garage bands here when I was growing up. Ronnie Kirkland, uh, organist, keyboard player. Uh, What was the bands that he he was in? Uh, Georgia Power was one of them. Georgia Power, that was Uh, a band from the... 70s good name pack house pack house i remember that one 
Yeah. Changing times. Yes. There you go. That one's back. Way back. Each one of them goes a little further back. Changing yeah. times was Ross Speed, wasn't it? Was he in the Changing I'm not Times? Sure. Chip Wiles. I Chip think. Wiles was in Changing Times. Okay. Yeah, my my memory fails me a little bit on those old sixties groups, but was uh, it Gene Sapp? Gene yeah. Sapp, yes. Yeah. That was it. They were the ones with the uh Nehru jackets and Oh yeah. And uh psychedelic stuff, you know. I'm sure that it affected but your daddy was he was involved yeah, in Yeah, he was in all of that scene. He loved it back then. So Yep. When you came along did did do you remember when it was that you first just said was it because of your daddy that you well i mean i think you I grew up around it? it i was always around it when i was a kid yeah but uh i don't know i don't remember knowing that i wanted to play music till i heard uh the first van halen album yeah 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 so that was it Hell yeah! I guess it's kind of a kind of cliche. How old were you then? About about then. Twelve. Twelve when yeah. you started learning guitar. I heard that first album, the first Van Halen album, mm-hmm. and uh, asked for a guitar for my birthday, thirteenth mm-hmm. birthday. <laughs> That's where it began. Heck yeah! And your daddy, uh, of course, your daddy didn't know anything about the guitar, did he? He could play some chords and stuff. Yeah. He he showed me my first chords. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was just big on the Almer Brothers and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, was there somebody but, in town that helped you steer you? Well, Bobby Boyette was a guitar player that played with my dad. Yeah. And I used to go hang out at his house and watch him play. Yeah. And that kind of inspired me a little bit. Uh, but no, it wasn't really anybody else. I just, I just woodshed in my in my bedroom for a couple of years. Uh, so you're pretty much by ear. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Bobby was uh, a lead guitar player for a band called. Uh, the wall of sound wall of sound and then in the early 70s they changed it to delta yeah and they they were they were uh, another well-known waycross band that were represented by a booking agency and uh went up and down the highways all over the southeast playing frat parties and anything that <laughs> paid money yeah, that was a good band though. Had two female vocalists in it, Con, uh, Connie and Rita. That's right. Yeah, uh, Ronnie was in that too, or Connie and no, Rita McDaniel. Yeah, I don't think Daddy was in that band. No, I don't believe he was. Uh, the early version of Wall of Sound was, uh, I believe, it was Danny Altman on drums and Gary Brown on keyboards. And Gary Brown was a fine drummer. But uh, it was always Bobby Boyette on lead guitar and his brother Jerry Boyette on bass. Then the Delta Band changed personnel quite a bit. Uh, Madison Gibson was the 
keyboard player, and Wayne Hutchison was the drummer. Madison played keyboards? Madison Gibson. Yeah, yeah he played keyboards. I only knew him from playing banjo, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, that's banjo. the same guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was yeah. in a band with Jonathan, his son, uh-huh. playing bass. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, pretty No, I was just uh, too wild. young to remember all that, really. Yeah. Uh, well, you're, uh, you're, uh, influ- you were influenced by Eddie Van Halen. I mean, that's what got, made me want to start playing guitar. That's yeah. what but, opened your eyes to yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, you, you practiced and you practiced and you practiced. And... Uh, what made you say, all right, I'm ready? Was it just like somebody somebody make that decision for you or was it like, you going to be in my band? Well, I don't know. Daddy worked at the Express, though. He was and they the had bands DJ, every night. Wasn't? Yeah, they had bands every night. And he would let me go in with him. And I got to get up and sit in with a, a band. And mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of where it started. Yeah. And when I was 16, I got an offer to play in a band playing bars. And Who, uh, who was that? They were called Reflections, I think. A uh, traveling band? Uh, I mean, not from Waycross? They were from Waycross. They were? They played uh, just all the old honky-tonks, the yeah. uh, 121 Club and <laughs> okay. Porn After. <laughs> <laughs> Who was in that band? Um, Randy Tarpley. Oh, God. I remember Randy. Yeah, and Bobby Gay Jr. Yeah. And Charles Charles Davis. I remember that name, too. Charles yeah. Davis. I know that name. Yeah. The big guy that plays guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Who played bass? Dennis Westbrook. Dennis Westbrook. He was originally from New York. Right. So you were 16 playing in bars? Yeah, my daddy had to sign waivers. <laughs> uh, you Did it frighten you? Or, or did you fall right into it? He's probably kick, doing high kicks. Right. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> I wasn't that confident. Really? No, but I... <laughs> I don't remember being scared or anything. Well, so some of them places was there was some of them was rough. So yeah. I did see some stuff that was a little scary. What kind of rigs you had back then? I wonder. What kind of what guitar did you play? Huh, that's a good good question. I mean, did you ever go through the Ibanez thing? I did, but I don't think I was playing one then. Or Kramer or anything like that. No. Um, was you always like a Strat man? Even back then, with Van Halen I, stuff, yeah, and I was playing a Les Paul maybe at one point. I think seems mm-hmm. like uh, it's hard to remember that far back. <laughs> so much has happened since then. Yeah, but uh, well, the old music, uh, the music is pr- pretty much. What you've done, ain't it? Yeah, since then I, I've yeah really been fortunate enough to make a living doing it. Yeah. Some uh, recent bands you've been in through the years. I mean, you've had the Josh Kirkland band, 
right? Uh, and with various lineups, and you also played with Chris Ryder and uh, Traveling Riverside Band mm-hmm. about 10, 11 years now. Yeah, damn, it's amazing. Uh, uh, you also, I guess. You did the Stevie Ray tribute. Stevie Ray Vaughn tribute. What was that? Yeah, early two thousand. Yeah, like two thousand three, yeah. two thousand four. I did that for for a little while. Got to go out of um, Texas a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, up to Virginia. I bet those were some um, cool shows. People really dig it. Yeah, because you can play just like him and sing just like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. Um, got to play in Corpus Christi at the Concrete Street Amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Had a few thousand people out there in front of me. So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. You got to dress like him too, in yeah. thing, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. The, that flat black hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, poncho? Was yeah. Poncho? Well, no, I didn't wear a poncho. It was yeah. like a kimono. Oh, a kimono. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Felt a little silly. <laughs> Shit, man. I, well, that thing you pulled it that. Off, I think you pulled it off better than anybody could have ever done. Like well, you, tribute you looked the part, bands, played the part. Tribute bands are a money-making thing. Yeah, now. there was money in it. When you get the right band, mm-hmm. you know. Right. There and, was money uh, in it. Corporations, you know, they'll uh, eat that kind of stuff up. They'll yeah. put big bucks up for it, you know. And so you got to do that. That was pretty, pretty awesome. But it was a lot of travel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, was that? Uh, were y'all driving out there? Or did you fly out there? No, we drove. Yeah, Albert we drove Gatton, all was he in that band? Albert Gatton was in it for a little while. Leo Neal was in it. Yeah. Uh, went all the way up to Vermont play wow. one time yeah on a boat played on a boat uh, cool keith mccallum yeah keith mccallum played bass and that was albert on drum <laughs> yeah little, little albert. albert yeah and uh paul was on one of the last runs of that wasn't he paul no he didn't he wasn't in that but we after when I just kept doing the trio just under my name. Oh, he was in the trio. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paul played in that for a little while. What you got going on these days? I'm doing some, I'm doing the trio too. Um, just playing with whoever will have me right now. Just, mm-hmm. um, acoustic work and then doing the trio thing with different uh, rhythm sections. Mm-hmm. Doing solo work too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then doing the traveling riverside thing too here and there. Just mixing it all up. Well, I just got a uh, message back from uh, that I was telling you about a gig that possibly for next Thursday. It says, <laughs> did you get somebody for the party? If not, Josh Kirkland is available. She says, no, he's probably out of budget. No <laughs> I, way. 
That's what she said. That's what. I, I appreciate the follow-up. That's crawling King Kirkland you talking Come about. Come on, me, man. At least let's negotiate. Uh, I'll tell her you'll do it for nothing. About that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no. She she going we'll, to pay pay to see the crawling we'll, king. We'll get we'll get back with her in a minute. Crawling king snake Kirkland. Come on now. <laughs> you don't say he's probably out of budget. Out of budget, huh? And, and, you say, how much will it cost? That's what you say. That's how yeah. you carry on a conversation. <laughs> That's because she knows how good you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are good. That's that's for sure. Played on uh, the Newfangler's uh, yeah. CD with us. Yeah, sir. Uh, I was proud to be a part of it. That was a lot of fun. Well, you kicked the shit out of them. I might songs, be biased, boy. but that's the best solo you ever did. To me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love them all, but like, yeah, you never played anything. It bad. was just uh, phone call, phone call. Yeah, woo. I remember, um, yeah, recording some of my songs at at Crosstown Music mm-hmm. in the back. There, Paul. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And he just played that for me, and I just while I was recording my stuff, I just oh played it off the oh cuff. okay cool just, <laughs> yep I think Paul's words were I think that was the second take or something oh, maybe yeah. maybe even the first take but you were like let me do it again he's like hell no <laughs> you're done <that's> like, no <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it might have been first take. That's, that's it's amazing. Raw. If you want to hear it, you go anywhere that's streaming, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and uh, look up the Newfanglers Blood in the Pines album. Mm-hmm. And the song we're talking about is Phone Call, but you also played on, played on the first album. track, uh, Dobro. Oh, yeah. You did a Dobro track on that and one. And then Family Reunion. There was yeah, four solos reunion, on there. Yeah. That's right. You were probably <laughs> the first solo. Mm-hmm. We all had With to follow your ass. Huh? <laughs> so everybody had to follow your ass. <laughs> you, you did what everybody do? Sixteen. It was Laney Strickland, right? Then Laney. Laney. Then you. John Pope. And, and John then John Pope, Pope was yeah. the fourth. And y'all yeah. were all so different, different. stylistically yeah. different. You know, it was just. I shouldn't even been in there. God, no, you should have <laughs> too. Cause yours was just. It was it was totally perfect. It was they they were all just. So what was the other track? Uh, phone call, family reunion, and my name is Hollis Shepherd. My That's name right. is Hollis Shepherd. You played Dobro on there. Mm-hmm. I guess that was it. Yeah, that's the ones I played on. If we put him on any more tracks than that, it had been. Now you played on my King Kirkland fingers. <laughs> <laughs> You did some, <laughs> you did some work on my American Spirit in 2010. Yeah, yeah, and that that was some kick-ass stuff yeah, too. It was, it was, fun, it was just as almost as as good as phone call, in my opinion. As far as you're playing on his stuff, that, a, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that second track on my album, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, I can't remember the order. Yeah, anyhow, um, that's a great album. Gun out. Yeah, but the title of it, I can't remember. You wrote it. <laughs> you just call you write them, don't mean you know them, right? <laughs> uh, and then you played on uh, 
the uh, uh, Hank Williams song. Oh yeah, Lonesome. Lonesome. That was a good. That was a good lead. That's a yeah. That's a great lead song. guitar solo on that one too. Oh man, I'm trying I mean, to remember the name you, of it. you can always bring it, man. You just always, and it don't take you long either. That's what's so good about it. In fact, it's just like Paul was saying. Sean was saying about Paul. You get in the studio and you do, you kind of crit- over critique yourself. I do, man. It's stressful for me. <laughs> it ain't like and we're sitting line. there. We're sitting in there listening. Well, that's a, that's the say, best damn thing I ever heard. Like, wow, man, that kind of a little bit. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hush. Put it back in the box. I know I stress everybody out. <laughs> that, that, I mean, I just can't fathom being so good that you're like, that sucks. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh man, yeah. It was a lot of fun though playing on those records. Yeah, yeah. We. I'm glad I got to do it. Yeah, we was we was the better for it. We was the better for it for having you. And uh, oh man, those are great songs. Though I'm proud to be on them. We had a good time doing it. That's for sure. We'll have to do some more. Me and Dave's. Got I know, a, man. Me and Dave's got oh, a project. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you really? I was just thinking about that. White Cross um, Stagecoach. I was listening to Drew. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. I was listening to <laughs> huh. Drew from me earlier today. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Me that's and Dave are always. One, that's one that mm-hmm. we need you on. We need you all over the album, I'm, I'm sure. Well, yeah. but, uh, Call me. We're going to piecemeal it together as far as. Uh, kind of like the new family. Just lay down yeah. the basics and then bring right. somebody in. And then just say, who who is this sound like? And it'll be like, okay, we'll, we'll call Josh up. So it's just y'all, two yeah, of y'all doing that together. Songs that Sean and I wrote together. Oh, Connor's laying down the drums. Connor's yeah. recording down the here. Drums and we only got a couple of tracks so far, but uh, uh, we, we, I mean, we got a lot on paper, but as far as breaking the ice on it, we've started two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where y'all recording that? Right, right here, here in this right room. Here. Mm-hmm. And uh. I mean, your name's already come up about it, so. Well, <laughs> just got to let me know. I'll be there. There's a, a, a song that uh, my old buddy from Valdosta uh, gave us the idea of. He said, won't you write a song that equates uh, smoking pot and sex? <laughs> so there you go, folks. And uh, not that uh, uh, not that we're huge fans of either one, but uh, I mean, you know, I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah. That's, what no, that's what I said. Dave's asexual. He just <laughs> you want to listen to it? Sure, sure. you got it pulled up. <laughs> oh what, yeah, what, which one is this? Drug for me. This is it's, a rough it's mix. called a drug this for is, me, but what, 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 what we did was we sat in John's uh, he shed. What do you call that thing? Backyard. That's a, that's a devil's den. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one. He got him one of them uh, utility uh, sheds. And now from, everybody knows about oh, yeah. it, Dave. Thanks God. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, got it, he got it from Lowe's if you want a good deal. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, I couldn't he got those. it summers and <laughs> summers. <laughs> and, summers, uh, summers. And uh, we sat out there, and I said, "This is what James Cock <laughs> suggested we write a song about." We took a look at that, and Sean said, "I think we could do something with that." <laughs> and I said, "But we're not going to limit it to just pot smoking." Well, we started off, yeah, drink. Like we we went through the explaining a sexual uh, adventure. Yeah, like uh, like there's a it's all sexual, but we but to describe <laughs> that sexual stuff, it's like the one lines about alcohol, one's lines about weed, one lines about you know we just go through until it's like you're shooting up at the end, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. but it's not actually about drugs at all. It's about not really. the girl. Yeah, about, I mean, well, I guess unless they're doing it together or something. But anyway, it was just a challenge to write something with. Hey, write and it something came about off, this. It came huh. out pretty cool, you know. The it's, end it's result. It's a minor yeah. thing. It's kind. Of, it, this is some uh, <laughs> outtake stuff. <laughs> Drug for me. Yeah, this is before it starts. This is just messing around. Just as like we're rolling. Upcoming new song from a Waycross Stagecoach. I said you are 
Y'all want me on this one, huh? Yeah. This is the one you kept coming up on. Yeah. It's just a lot of this is scratch kind of. Yeah. I'm in love with you. You're a drug for me. I can't shake you loose. You got me down on my knees. Go ahead and play along if you'd like. Yeah. This chord's coming up is the same as just before here. We just got that extended outro. So it's kind of like the phone call thing where this is all just an outro solo. You know? It just builds and builds and builds and builds and gets crazy. Probably has some background atmosphere kind of stuff yeah. coming in. It's kind of like the end of a She's so heavy or something like that, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> but then the end that goes on, on and on and on, ad nauseum. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, okay. Way from stage coaches. Yeah. Some name I come up with way back, and I can't mm -hmm. remember if it was when we were trying to come up with the new Fanglers or if it was after that. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember, but it seemed to me like immediately we seized upon it as it's almost like, man, that sounds like a a vehicle for a traveling road show, you know, like mm -hmm. a. This could be anybody, you know. We could have interchangeable. We right, could have right. you one weekend, and then have somebody else sitting in, kind of like the, the Flying Burrito Brothers, and, and have different little acts within that. With like, yeah, yeah. So it's like somebody goes up and does a set, some, you know, and then we all do stuff together, like a traveling. Yeah, road that'd show. be a lot of fun if it <laughs> called on. You, you can, can find some a venue to right pay everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> be a good time. We'll give you fifteen dollars a man and yeah. <laughs> a hamburger <laughs> and all the Pat's but we Blue got Ribbon fire eaters. drink. <laughs> we got fire eaters to well, feed. Well, they'll get fifteen too. Yep. Y'all want to take a little break and come back and play some music? Sounds good. We'll be right back, folks. Something in my brain won't let me stray Something in my veins gonna find its way Something in the water taught me how to pray When the cold black water finds its way into your veins You'll never be the same well, hey, folks, we're back. Now, our guest this episode is Josh Kirkland from Waycross, Georgia. And I was very proud to have Josh on my uh, solo CD back in 2010 called American Spirit. We're going to do a song, the second song on that CD called 
long way to go. That's why you want him on your album right there. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
loud. <laughs> now I'm gonna pass this. This is my Martin guitar. It's a Martin DR. And uh, I'm gonna pass it over to Sean. Hold on for a second. Yeah. We're gonna have to restool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're gonna do a song now that, uh, that Sean wrote. Don't let it look you. From, actually, I'm gonna need it around here. Featured on the new Fanhouse CD. So uh, those, well, for your liking. Yeah. I got this. For anybody that hadn't been watching the podcast, just now hearing about the Newfanglers. The Newfanglers was a group project. It was a Waycross, uh, well, Ware County, Brantley County songwriting uh, project uh, that uh, uh, was, was a, a story uh, based on a true uh, set of events. And... Uh, <clears throat> You think you need that or no? You can check it out. It's called a tuner. Good? I think I'm good. He just bends it till it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, it was a uh, it was a songwriting project that started off in 2003 and culminated in 2007 with the release of this album. It's a, uh, what do you call that? A... Uh, Concept. Concept. Concept album. And it's called uh, Blood in the Pines, the story of Hollis Shepherd. <clears throat> and uh, we all came together as uh, songwriters, musicians, uh, uh, the best the best of the best we we tried to get them in on this album in fact we we, we there was two tracks that don helms the original uh steel guitar player for hank williams drifting cowboys is on the album so uh we're very proud of this album needless to say and uh josh was uh all over it he played on several tracks and uh, this is one of them this song that sean wrote called phone call Told my sister you rainy boys were no good Now it's gotta go down It's like I know You two of a kind Made up my mind I've been too kind These are the ties 
Yeah. 
Yeah. Woo, just to fly on the wall. That's awesome, man. Can't nobody do it like King Kirkland. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the truth. Crawling King Kirkland. Oh, man. Man. Thank y'all for having me. Absolutely. Well, folks, we're going to take it out with uh, another tale of the week. Here you go. If you will, place that tuner back in its appropriate spot. Uh, this tale of the week is brought to you by TCB, Taking Care of Business. Because it was on this unfortunate date, about the time, well, right close to this date that uh, this episode is being aired back in uh, 1977 that... Uh, the king, another king, passed away. It was the king. There of, could only be one. <laughs> it was the king of rock and roll. Uh, uh, I hope Little Richard didn't hear me say that because he he professes to be the king, which I I have to agree with him. But now Elvis was a king in all kinds of ways, and uh, I'm fixing to tell you about it anyhow. Down home band with Eddie Middleton was glad to be back in Panama City at the Sheridan on the beach. It was our fourth time returning to the lively nightclub on the beautiful Gulf Coast of Florida. Tuesday afternoon, found the band, myself on rhythm guitar, John Randall Smith on drums, T. Wayne Scarborough on bass guitar, Ricky Alderman on keyboards, Joe Shear on lead guitar, and Eddie on lead vocals, rehearsing on stage in the empty lounge. We were midway through our practice session, probably learning Marvin Gaye's funky new number, got to give it up, when somebody interrupted us with the news that Elvis Presley was dead. The day was August 16th, 1977. John Lennon was famously quoted as saying that Elvis died the day he joined the army. A huge early Elvis fan He was simply stating the obvious that the spirited and rebellious rockabilly cat from Memphis, Tennessee was a former shadow of himself. And Lennon no longer cared for the watered down Hollywood movie songs that continued to make Elvis a fortune. As a kid, me and my older brother, Gary owned one of the first Elvis film soundtrack albums, King Creole. We also attended just about every big E B-movie made that was shown at the Ritz and Lyric Theaters downtown Waycross, Georgia. By the time I was playing in a nightclub band in the mid-70s, I had come to regard Elvis much like John Lennon did, as a sad, overweight caricature of himself. Regardless of what John Lennon and and I thought, Elvis did set the bar in the beginning for future rock and rollers. He knocked down the doors and blazed the trail, Elvis's passing was of monumental importance, and that was not lost on me nor the rest of the down-home band. We stopped in the middle of our rehearsal to discuss how we, as a musical unit, could pay tribute to such an icon. It was decided that we would put together a medley of his songs. Suspicious Minds, Can't Help Falling in Love, 
American Trilogy and performed them that night. Written by Mark James, Suspicious Minds was Elvis's last number one song on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart, peaking in 1969. Can't Help Falling in Love from the album Blue Hawaii was written by Hugo Peretti, Luigi Creatore, and George David Weiss. You didn't know I could talk foreign language, did you? <laughs> and uh, George David Weiss using the melody based on a popular 1784 French love song, Placer d'Amour, composed by Jean-Paul Martini. Jean-Paul Van Damme. <laughs> Damn it. A concert director. Oh, no. Before this is lost on you, it was based on a popular 1784 French love song, Placer d'Amour, composed by Jean-Paul Martini a concert director for Marie Antoinette <laughs> who lost her head every time she heard it. <laughs> the song spent six weeks on the Billboard adult contemporary chart in 61 and was the last song Elvis sang in concert on June 26, 1977. Mickey Newberry, songwriter and recording artist, arranged and recorded an American trilogy for his 71 concept album, Frisco Mabel Joy, based partly on another of his songs, San Francisco Mabel Joy, in which he writes about a Waycross, Georgia farm boy who hopped a freight train to LA. Elvis chose an American trilogy which used fragments of three 19th century songs, Dixie, The Battle Hymn of the Republic, and All My Trials, a Bahamian lullaby in January of 1972, performing it at his live concerts and recording it for the film documentary Elvis on tour. A dramatic show-stopping number. It was perfect to end our tribute medley to the King on the night of August 16th, 1977. We worked hard that afternoon, making sure our arrangement was spot on and our backup harmonies were tighter than Elvis's sequin jumpsuit. Eddie Middleton was the consummate frontman, a singer well-versed in all the musical genres that a South Georgia boy was exposed to during the 50s and 60s. Country, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, and beach music. Everywhere we went, audience responded to his personable down-home nature and excellent vocals. That night was no exception. Some notes were out of Eddie's range, and as Elvis would sometimes yield the big finish to his backup singers, the Sweet Inspirations or the Stamps Quartet, Eddie would yield to Joe Shear, whose voice was so high, he cracked a few Panama City tourist bifocals that evening when he sang the final, His truth is marching on. Kind of like that. Not quite. <laughs> I'll have to say that a shiver went down my backbone. My heart jumped up in my throat, and I may have shed a tear or two in that emotional finish. I closed my eyes, and instead of the corpulent casino crooning Colonel Tom Parker crony, I saw Elvis Aaron Presley looking lean, lip curling, and lawless just like he did on my old album cover of King Creole.
God rest to Elvis Presley. Went from King Creole to crawling <laughs> King Kirkland. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, and even on this day, uh, how many years ago was that? 77 to 2021. That was exactly 44 years. Is that right? 44? 44 years ago, folks, that Elvis laid it down. And uh, he was the king in a lot of people's eyes. And uh, this man sitting right here is the king in a lot of people's eyes as well. And we want to thank you, buddy. Thank you for being there. Thank you. you. Push that mic around there. Let's get a few last words in there. But, Josh, thank you so much, buddy, for being thank a part, man. It was my part pleasure. of this uh, podcast. Uh, we had to have you on, man. Yes. We, uh, we had we had to have you. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we can't be on, doing a podcast about Waycross music without having Josh Kirkland. Absolutely Kirk. not. And I think uh, – Anybody that just got through watching this uh, will know why now we had to have him on. <laughs> yeah. So we want to thank y'all for watching and uh, please uh, rate, review, like, subscribe, ring all the bells and whistles, and uh, do those things. Send us an email at somethingwaterpodcast at gmail dot com. Something in the water podcast. <laughs> so something water podcast do it yeah. yeah this is south georgia style but you can look down below there uh in the uh no this time it's going to be in a plane flying over our heads and there's like going to be <laughs> a thing yeah well, down below the video will be all the links that you can uh yeah. uh get familiar with us with patreon yes and uh subscribe to our patreon we've got some Crazy stuff coming your way there. Uh, $5. $5 foot long. Yeah, $5 foot long. You get some extra. It's only $5 a month, folks, and we get crazy on there. Dave takes a shirt off. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next time. We appreciate you. Hey. Okay.